Welcome to the Hope Talks podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. You can also search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, and TuneIn. Welcome to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. I'm Pastor Margaret Michael. And I'm Grayson Willis. Uh, thanks for tuning in today. And today we're joined by Jeff Higgs. Jeff, how are you doing today? Doing great. It's good to have you with us today. I was on the parking lot last evening and got to meet your mother. Yes, indeedy. Yes, indeedy. Yeah. She, she, she was like, who's she? I said, that's Pastor Margaret. She, she's one of, one of good friends here at church and know her well. So, oh, good. Yeah, I guess when you just walk up to a car window and start talking to somebody. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. She seems like a real pleasant lady. Oh, she is. She's yeah. wonderful. She's put up with me for all these years. <laughs> <laughs> we do that for our kids, don't we? Yes, indeedy. Oh, uh, so tell us a little bit about where you're from, how you grew up. I was born and raised in Roanoke, uh, and then mom and dad moved up to Manassas, Northern Virginia. They stayed up there until they retired and came back to the valley. Mom's originally from Elkton, dad's originally from Shenandoah, uh, and dad did genealogy. Higgses have been in the valley since the mid-1700s. Wow. So I've got second, third, fourth cousins all up and down the valley, but... Uh, then I stayed in Northern Virginia, and then uh, after my father passed away in 05, I moved back to the Valley. And uh, back down here now, uh, working at UVA and volunteering at Elkton Fire. Yeah. We always ask this fun question that we forgot. And so before we got too deep into your testimony and too deep into your roots, uh, do you have a favorite ice cream flavor or banana, favorite? Banana ice cream. Banana milkshakes, banana ice cream. Uh, Have you been to cookout and had your banana pudding? Banana pudding, yes. That's great. Oh, uh, my that's goodness. Phenomenal. I love it. That banana pudding milkshake. Oh, I Man, love it. Grayson, you should try it. Yes. Uh, that's a treat Steph and I will do every now and again, only because we're trying to lose a little bit of weight. But yeah. it's like, okay, we got to stop. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite of all their 40 flavors, I think. Exactly. Yes, uh, indeed. Banana pudding milkshake. Mm-hmm. Big old hunks of banana. and Oh, good yeah, stuff. Yeah, vanilla wafers off raisin. I just had to throw that in there before we continue. But, <laughs> no worries. Uh, you said you're, you're from the valley and uh, your roots are all up and down the valley, but you were in uh, northern Virginia for quite a few years until you said 2005 when your father passed away. So just... And you mentioned that you're a volunteer firefighter, and I know that's very passionate for you. How did you get into becoming a volunteer firefighter? Well, actually, it all started here in Elkton. Uh, I remember coming down and visiting my grandparents, George and Nell Crump. And while we're there, fire whistle go off, and Granddaddy would get up and run off, run up to the station and go run calls. And I remember I always had an interest in it. And that, I mean, that was, must have been five, six, seven years old. And all this was going on. And it just wasn't, it was always interesting. And then uh, up in Manassas, a bunch of my buddies, uh, their family was in the fire department. So, you know, so I was kind of hung out at the firehouse of the rescue squad. And then as time went on, I uh, got more interested. And then uh, when I turned 18, I was eligible to become a member of the fire department. That was in 79. I joined and I have been doing uh, emergency services ever since. This July will make. 43 years as a volunteer. 43 years as a volunteer. Thank you for your service. Um, I, I've enjoyed it, and the Lord's blessed me greatly in it. And it's just, yeah. I know it's it was something that he's called me to do and, and to do it as a volunteer. Yeah, 
And that's a calling. It is. That's a, you know, you have to be passionate about yeah. that. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it has. And I've been able to help folks, uh, people that are in need, calls that come up. I've been able it's great life skills. When my daughter broke her arm, I was able to splint it and take mm-hmm. her to the hospital. I've been fortunate and blessed in my career. I've delivered seven babies in my career. Wow. And I can still remember my very first one. Two months out of being cut loose as an EMT, having the first delivery, I can remember the mom coaching me through this whole thing. <laughs> breathe, Jeff, breathe. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> she was coaching me to breathe. It was, it was like her fourth or fifth child, so wow. she you know, knew it was going on. She just needed a ride to the hospital. But back then, what's going down the road? Wow. First delivery, it was just wow. Wow. Yeah, I'm sure you have had quite a few experiences over all of those years. Yeah. What kind of stands out in your mind as kind of a high watermark experience? A high watermark for me, that would, we had a house fire in Yorkshire. I was a, a young firefighter, had just been cut loose to ride on the ladder truck. Mm. And we were asked to go up on the roof and cut the roof open to allow the heat in there all to ventilate to give the firefighters a chance to you know, get some relief and get knock on the fire. And what we do is we go up there, we throw a, a roof ladder on there, and we stay on the ladder the entire time. We take chainsaw or circuit saw, and we cut the roof open. But it didn't hinge right. Mm. And so I couldn't get it to hinge, so I kind of stepped off the ladder to get it. I hit it, lost my footing. My foot slid down. It was a metal roof, one of those old metal mm-hmm. roofs. My foot came all the way down to hit the guttering. I mean, it stopped, and I would get able to get back on the ladder. Got up there, finished doing what I needed to do, and came down to take a break. And uh, Jimmy Rice was the outgoing chief, so he was uh, kind of like a battalion chief. And he was down there, had front sector, and he said, "Jeff, I'm so glad you your foot uh, uh, you were able to get your foot on the ladder and everything." I said, "No, I, my foot caught on the guttering. Otherwise, I'd come right off." Mm-hmm. He looked at me. He looked up there. Looked back at me. He says, "Jeff, look up there." I looked up there. There was no guttering. He says, there's never been any guttering up there. (laughs) But my foot hit as solid as this floor right here. I mean, Mm. I was going, and it caught. But there was nothing there. There There's no ice, you know, those little clips for Mm -hmm. the ice. Mm -hmm. There was none of that. This was an old, old, old house, and it just came straight off. But, I mean, my foot solid. solid. God's a solid foundation. He is. (laughs) He is. I mean. That's amazing. And it's been things like that. That was was a high water mark for me. That, you know, and uh, Jimmy, you know, he was uh, he was a Christian, and he and he, he told me he said, you know, the "Lord's watching out for you. He's got a plan." And I've known Christ all my life. I grew up. My dad was a deacon, elder in the church, and whatnot. But you know, I had, I had a crisis happen in my life, and I, I fell away. Mm. But even when I wasn't there, walking with God, God hadn't given up on me. Amen. He was, he was yeah. there watching over me. I mean, and throughout life, I mean, there he has always been there. He's always put me where I need to be at. I was on assignment down at CDC. This was post 9-11. And just post 9-11, we were sent down to CDC. I was on, with my job on assignment to help out down there. And I had gone out with my program manager from job, my job. I went out with the director of emergency management from CDC. And we went out to local mm-hmm. Uh, restaurant. It was a barbecue place and we were sitting there eating. And I remember we were talking, we were sitting just like here and I, I remember looking over that way and there was a lady over there and she started having difficulty. And all of a sudden she put both hands up to her neck 
universal choking sign. Mm-hmm. She was choking. And just like here, I, I just got up, walked over, did the hymen. She had a big hunk of meat that came blasting out. and walked back over, sat down. And uh, the director of emergency management said, didn't that bother you or anything? He says, you're so calm about it. I said, this is just, you know, God has put me where I need it to be. That's right. And that was another example. He put me where I need it to be. Yeah. And he does that with us. And it's, so I've tried to just go with wherever he goes. You know, God is much like a wrestling coach too. I've been a wrestling, Mm -hmm. I did wrestling, I've done wrestling coach. But when you get new wrestlers, young wrestlers, they go in, they all want to win. But as a new wrestler, you're going to lose some of those matches. Mm -hmm. Well, God's that way. You're going to lose some of your matches. But in losing, you grow. Yeah. Even when, Something adverse comes your way and you're set back. There's opportunities to learn. He's, he's set that opportunity up mm-hmm. for you to learn. Yeah, yeah. And we've just got to be open and recognize this isn't a tragedy in my life. This is a setback. Mm-hmm. But it's a setback for me to learn. Right. Yeah. And we've, we can't say, why is God doing this? Why is he doing these bad things to me? He's not. He's allowing you to learn. And right. Yeah. And as a wrestler, he puts me in the next match and I win. And I win. And then I'll have a setback. But I learned from it. Yeah, yeah. and that's and so that's, it makes us stronger. If yeah. we always won, yeah, you never learn anything new. And, that's right. And he's done that throughout my life, and I've not always been where I need to be at. But God's been patient with me and watched over me and kept me safe, had me fail. Yeah, but I've learned. Yeah, you know, we can look all through Scripture and we see um, heroes of the faith. Mm-hmm. We would call them right. Yeah. Um, Abraham. Yep. Um, Moses, so many, and none of them were perfect, right? They had their failings when they weren't trusting God. Right. Right? Exactly. But all through, like, you know, we call, you know, Hebrews 11 the kind of the the hall of faith where we see these men and women of God being recognized for their faith. Mm -hmm. But I've just been recently really thinking about God's the hero. Oh, yeah. He's the hero. It's not that Abraham or Moses did. It was when they surrendered that he became the hero, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what I think, and this is what I hear in the stories that you've just told. You've made God the hero, yeah. right? It's not about you, yeah. but it's about him. Exactly. And it helps when those things happen. It helps us to point others to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, so when those bad things come, it would be really easy to go, you know, what is happening? But... When God rescues us and restores us, it makes him the hero, not us. Yeah, it does. I remember when my father died, he had Burkitt's lymphoma. Burkitt's lymphoma has a very two, narrow window, two weeks from diagnosis to death, unless it's treated. Uh, I remember dad getting sick. I, I remember mom coming in and waking me up and saying, you got to take your dad to the hospital. Take him to the hospital. And they did tests all night long. And finally get a call back from UVA because they had sent some lab tests down there. Young lady happened to be doing research on Brigitte's lymphoma and just happened to recognize the markers, called back and said, this is what it is. Wow. So we were able to get dad treatment. And uh, dad took, we found out later that he, at, there at RMH, he had taken the most radiation for radiation and chemotherapy that they had ever given anybody else. Mm. In June, it came back. And the doctor says, because of all that he did went through, we can't give him any more. It would, mm. That would kill him. Surely is. Yeah. Yeah. So he went back in the hospital. But the entire time that had gone through chemo and radiation back then, and then when he went back in the hospital again, he died, yes. Mm. 
but through his witnessing to others, witnessing to the nurses, to the doctors. Literally an entire wing of professionals came to know Christ wow. through dad's struggle, through his faith, mm. and through his ministry. Yeah. They came to know Christ. So yes, I lost my father. Dad and I didn't have the perfect relationship, but he was still my father. Mm-hmm. And I was able to celebrate. It was, it, was, it was such an honor to be able to go with him and plan his funeral with him mm. and be part of that. And then when it was time to celebrate his life, to lead that, I said, we're celebrating my father's life. Here's the victory. Mm-hmm. He's, no yeah. pain. He's no longer in pain. The entire wing came to know him. He has been able to touch so many people. Yes, I've lost my father. But look at the victory. Yeah. Look at the victory. Kingdom he was able of God. Bring, he was has, able to bring so many people to Christ. And yeah. now he's in heaven. And he's, he's no longer in pain. Things are, you know, he's enjoying. He, he's going fishing <laughs> and, and enjoying, you know, yeah. enjoying what Christ has for him. Yeah. And, you know, it's, we talked a little bit last evening about having the perfect parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and that doesn't mean they're perfect. But, man, you know, seeing at the end of his life, just what a example mm-hmm. of what God calls us to in our suffering mm-hmm. is still lift him up, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. It's not to yeah. get in a circle in the fetal position and, right. and go, yeah. you know, this is terrible. I'm at the end of my life, but it's, he made every minute count. Like your dad gave you that great example of sharing Christ. Yeah. And I'm hoping that I can be half the man he was. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have cancer. Yeah. And I've got prostate cancer. I've gone through all the stuff, gone through radiation. Mm. Been going radiation oncologist just recently. Uh, my counts are going up. The radiation oncologist says, "You're past what we can do. We got to move you on to medical oncology." Mm. Prostate cancer is not going to be a thing. It's going to kill me. It's going to be something else. Yeah. But I don't look at it as a de- deficit. I'm still going to do what the Lord's called me to yeah. do. I'm still volunteering. I'm going to do that for as long as I can. I've got the department has supported me. Uh, Jonathan and Scott Lamb, uh, Jonathan Kibler's chief, Scott Lamb's mm-hmm. president. They both said. Yeah, if you need to step back a little bit, slow down a little bit, you know, when you start doing other mm-hmm. treatments, do it. We'll yeah. support you 100%. My job's the same way. My boss, Aaron Trost, she's great. I'm blessed to have a wonderful Christian manager mm-hmm. that I work for. And she said, you know, you're working from home. You need to take some time. Take some time. Yeah. You know, we're good. But I view, even though I've got this coming on, I view it as an opportunity mm-hmm. you know, for Christ to show, yeah, I'm suffering this. My faith is still strong, and I still believe, and, I, and I'm still being allowed to do so much. Yeah. The stuff that I enjoy, yeah. stuff that God's called me to do. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm going to fight the fight, and I've got a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful partner he's brought into my life. Tell us a little bit about that chapter <laughs> of your life. Um, I just recently got to um, sit and experience, um, be a part of a wedding. And um, so tell us about how did you meet Steph Signorino? So let me back up many years back to probably. <laughs> yes, about, please do. About probably 1998 or so. Now, mom and dad had a Cornerstone Church. Dad okay. was one of the elders there. And they had a big get together at their farm for all the people to come. So I came down and Steph happened to be there because she came with uh, Charlie and Odessa and the family and brought kids. And they happened to have a heart attack correct thing i was a paramedic at the time so i sat there and treated the patient and we loaded him up the car went down here to help and rescue transfer on that steph remembers that 
Doesn't know who I was, but she remembers that event. That was when our paths first crossed. <laughs> uh, fast forward to probably 20 months ago. I figure, okay, well, now's probably a good time for me to go out. I know the Lord wants me to be with somebody. Yeah. I'm okay being by myself, mm-hmm. but I feel like I need to be with somebody. So I went to Match.com. Steph had gone to Match.com. <laughs> and she had gotten with her, her daughter, uh, Brianna. Mm-hmm. Brianna said, these are all the things you do and you don't do. Yeah, she told me. <laughs> <laughs> Sit there. And if you go on the first date, you go by yourselves. You make sure your best friends are there sitting by the bathroom. So if this is a bad date, you can sit there and go to the bathroom and come back. Oh, look who's here. It's <laughs> yeah. Margaret and, yeah. and, and Grayson. Yeah. And, hey, let's all get together. That way yeah. you've got to easy out. Right. So we met online. And we started chatting online a little bit. And then we started talking and we start calling each other. Finally, she said, what's your last name? I said, Jeff Higgs. She says, Higgs, Higgs. I said, well, everybody knows my mom and dad, Ed and Mary Higgs. You're Ed and Mary's son. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> well, come to find out, our parents had known each other for years and years and years. So Steph had talked to uh, her mom and dad and Odessa said, oh, that's Ed and Mary's son. He'll be just fine. So we wound up getting together and we our very first date we went it was uh, September 10th we went to um, Red Lobster and she said okay I'm not going to have all those safeguards mm-hmm. but we wound up sitting there for probably three to four hours and we put everything out on the table yeah. all of our past everything's going on my cancers uh, all the trials have gone through stuff like that and one of the things that came out of that she said she told me about church in Nazarene said hey we're looking over at the East Rock campus, mm-hmm. and we've been looking everywhere. And I said, well, we're no longer doing bingo at the activity center, <laughs> and we don't know what we're going to do with the building. This might be an opportunity. So on the way home, driving her back, she's on the phone with Jared, Pastor Jared. Mm-hmm. Say, hey, we're going to have an opportunity. I'm on the phone with Scott and Jonathan. Hey, I think we might have somebody that can take, the, be able to rent, <laughs> rent or lease or do something with the bingo hall. So we, you know, it's not That's sitting amazing. Back. And then from there, East Rock campus came. Yeah. And it's wow. just, and you all got married there. We got married. I uh, joined Church of Nazarene there. Mm-hmm. We got married there. Mm-hmm. We opened up there. Um, the Lord has just, I mean, the opportunities, again, who would have thought? Yeah. Two people come together. Yeah. Fire department's got a need. Church has got a need. And through mm-hmm. that relationship. So how far were your all's homes from each other? Boy, I tell you, long-distance relationships are tough. She said she had a, a maximum that, that I'll go no more than 50 miles. I, I had, I, mine was 25. We live three and a half blocks from one another. <laughs> so, yeah, this this long-distance relationship was was tough. You know, it's so amazing, like, that you all lived that close. Mm-hmm. You Never know, met each other. And had such connections. Yeah. And, you know, when you've been through the stuff that you and Steph have been through, we've had some tough stuff. Oh, we have. And yeah. just to see uh, God just work out those details in undeniable ways. Oh, yeah. And we've both talked about it at length. Had we met five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, yeah, we would have been younger. We weren't ready for each other. God had a plan. Yeah. And he was not ready to bring us together until now. Yeah. Now's the time. Yeah. And it's one of those things we knew in our hearts. I mean, I knew from that first date when I met her, when I met Stephanie Lynn and Sick and this is the woman God has brought mm-hmm. me to find. Yeah. And 
I knew then, but like Steph said, have we not learned anything in our past relationships? <laughs> right. So we, the most our, our relationship had lasted was six months before we got married. Mm. We waited 18 months. Mm. She really wanted to know what it was with me being with the fire department, getting up in the middle of the night yeah. and running out. That's a commitment. Yeah. And she wanted me to understand her children's ministry. Now, we did have our first interesting night worth of calls. She got up the other, I think it was Tuesday morning, we, we run calls all night. She got up and looked at me and says, I'm grumpy. I didn't get enough rest. <laughs> I said, okay. So that uh, Wednesday night, I turned my pager off and didn't, yeah. we didn't, no calls. <laughs> yeah. You got to find that balance. Yeah. yeah. But she's been great. I mean, I've gotten up from, you know, go over to eat dinner at Charlie and Odessa's and tones will go off and I'll get up and go. Yeah. Uh, we've been coming back from the church and the tones have dropped and she's dropped me off to firehouse. And I said, I'll catch a ride home. And we've had things like that come up, but she has been great. And she understands you know, yeah. what it is, that, what drive, that there's this drive, that this is a gift that God's given me, blessed me with. Yeah. And what she does say, you really need to rest, Jeff. You, you should really slow down, maybe not. And so, the, like I said, the other night, turned Pedro off so we both get some rest. Yeah. Well, well and I'm you not know, getting younger. And with what you've had going on with your body, I know it is important. Mm-hmm. So God's given... That gift of finding balance, and yeah. um, she'll help you. She'll let oh, you know. Oh, she does. And we, <laughs> and we both speak the truth on everything, even if it hurts or if it's not yeah. if it's uncomfortable. We both speak the truth, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Uh, and it balances us. We're, yeah. I am blessed beyond measure. And mm-hmm. God's given me so much in bringing her to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just beyond words. Yeah. Right. Jeff, you talked about. Uh, the uh, East Rock campus mm-hmm. and just kind of how God had it perfectly orchestrated the partnership between the fire department and East Rock campus and how they had a building that wasn't being used and East Rock needed a building to meet mm-hmm. in. And just talk about, and I know you and Steph both serve and are integral parts in the East Rock campus. So if you just want to share about how you serve there. and Sure. So primary thing I do is I, I do the sound system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do that. Uh, secondary role is, is uh, safety and security there. Mm-hmm. Um, I rotate on and off of there, off the sound system. I, I do it a lot. Mm-hmm. But uh, Easter weekend, uh, I was rotated off. It was an opportunity. We needed to have somebody help herd the, the kids when they did the Easter egg hunts. Oh, yes. More, created an opportunity. And so uh, I was there. And it works out good. Um, I enjoy what I do. Uh, it's an opportunity. And the thing of it is, the Lord opens up so many different doors for you to do so many different things. I mean, he I help coordinate between the department and the church. You know, some of the activities we're going to help. Out. They got fire department's going to have pageant. They want to borrow our sound system. Okay, I'll help out with the sound system. Yeah, it's worked out well, and I enjoy serving there. And I, again, it's different opportunities. You know, yeah. I'm, he just doesn't want me to be sound system. He doesn't want me to just be security system. Yeah. But and I've I've actually had a couple of folks couples come up to. We're going to adopt you as our dad. You're, uh, a, dad. You're a church dad. Yeah, wow. that's awesome. That is awesome. So, you know, it's, it, it's been great. Yeah. And it's, it's, a, it's a small corner that's just we're, we're right where we need to be to serve the East Rock area. Mm-hmm. East Rockingham area. Yeah. Yeah, I was in North Carolina, and I ran into a lady right as we were beginning to, I think we knew when we were going to take the building, like when that was going to happen, when we, that lease would begin. 
And I was in North Carolina, and I was talking to a lady, and she's from Rockersville, and just ran into her randomly. She's like, yeah, I'm coming up to play bingo at the bingo hall at Elkton. Like, uh, don't think that's probably going to happen this year. <laughs> um, and that was right. It's just like that you'd run into someone that knows. Uh, God just, it's amazing how he he worked out all those details, and I'm sure she got to play bingo somewhere. Um, Maybe she ended up coming to church. She knows. might end up coming to church. She actually um, is one of our the farms that we have through CNC Farm Supply. She was a part of. I knew exactly who she was mm-hmm. when she said her name. Yeah. Uh, but well, I just want to touch on one thing you mentioned briefly, kind of in a passing comment about nine eleven. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything you can share with us? I remember exactly where I was. I was working. Your communications with the IRS at New Carrollton, Maryland, the opposite end of the orange line. Mm. And I remember the guys coming in, and they're at that most government buildings got TVs out in the hallway. Mm-hmm. I remember the guys coming in and saying, Hey, there's been an incident. I remember going out, and I remember watching the second plane run into the towers. Mm. And I thought it was a, a rerun. You know, they're just replaying. They said, No, this is live. And then we heard about the Pentagon. I remember telling all the guys, okay, we can do remote support from home. Grab your laptops. We're shutting down operations here. Go to your homes. Work from there. Mm-hmm. And I remember catching the last subway on the Orange Line because mm-hmm. it went right past the mm-hmm. Pentagon. Catching the last one from there all the way to Vienna, which is the opposite end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember getting out and getting in my car. And there was a bunch of us that were on the subway. We were all volunteers out in Prince William County, Falkir County. Mm-hmm. I remember all of us getting out, taking our red lights, putting them on top of the cars, and we, were, we went down the left-hand shoulder of the road. I remember state police seeing us and gave us an escort as far as Centerville, and we kept on going. Mm-hmm. And I remember I had gotten hold of Dad to let him know what had happened. My son was in high school at the time, and our thing had always been if something significant happened, we meet at the firehouse. Mm-hmm. And I tried calling him. Of course, the lines had gotten clogged by then. I couldn't get through. I was concerned, but I wasn't worried. Yeah. Because I had been taking Adam on call since he was a tyke. When I was a medic, I'd take a chase car home if I knew I had a junior to drive the chase car or Adam. Mm-hmm. So he he grew up in that environment. Yeah. He, was a, he was a junior at the firehouse. Where I, was at. Mm-hmm. I remember getting home, going up there, and there he was. Because the phone lines were... Locked down, the radios were saying, go to local firehouses. And here he was. He was setting up a first aid station in our bingo hall mm-hmm. there in Manassas. Wow. Getting ready. I remember going up there and us all being on standby. And normal staffing in Prince William is, is runs right around 87 to 90%. We went to like 115% staffing. We brought in all the reserve apparatus, mm-hmm. put it in, in service. At our station, we had a phenomenal working relationship between volunteer and career. Mm. A lot of departments will just, we want to keep our same people together. Yeah. Our volunteer chief and the career battalion chief got together, and they put the best of the best on the apparatus. Our ladder truck was staffed fully with six people, and it was uh, three volunteers and three fire because three of the guys we had on there from the volunteer side were Truckies. I mean, they were diehard special operations yeah. type guys. Engine, same way. It was. It went. We had normal staffing as three or four, and we had six on there. Mm-hmm. And again, we had a mixture of 
career and volunteers. Medic units were staffed fully. I mean, we had four people in each of the medic units. We had three medic units put up at, this, at that time. Normally, we only have one. Mm-hmm. But it was amazing to see the level of commitment. We had police mm-hmm. with shotguns, with their AR-15s, mm-hmm. in the parking lot, guarding the stations. Wow. wow. And during that time, when we got a call, I mean, we had cars pull up on mediums, pull out of our way to allow us to get where mm-hmm. we needed to go after the whole yeah. uh, 9-11 thing. Three, four months later, we went right back to taking the time, slowly getting out of the way, maybe getting out of the way. Yeah. Uh, people forgot. Yeah. At where we're at, where we are today. Yeah. People don't care. Yeah. But yeah, 9-11, I, I remember that so vividly. And just us back, Fairfax had got pulled into the Pentagon. And so all of our stations had to backfill to mm-hmm. to uh, Fairfax. I mean, yeah. We transferred engines from Stonehouse, volunteer fire company, to Centerville and uh, Fairfax mm-hmm. to backfill because all those units were at the Pentagon. Right. And we were have to backfill. Yeah. And it was just yeah. the brotherhood and sisterhood within the fire department and within emergency services in general was very tight. Yeah. Right. I mean, we, and that's what it was then. Yeah. Well, it's good. Jeff, thank you for sharing that. And thank you for your service in fire and rescue and uh, service in the church. And uh, thank you for uh, joining us today to share your testimony. It's been great to have you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. We pray that as you've heard Jeff Higgs' testimony, that today's broadcast truly has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Hope Talks is sponsored by Church of the Nazarene Harrisonburg in partnership with Sunshine Ministries. Thanks for listening to today's podcast of Hope Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe for updates and the latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisonburg, Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX.